gun on. It's the quiet car. Got to use your small inside voice in here, son. There's a gun. I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. Because if you put peace out in the world, you get peace back. I think you might be forgetting what you do for a living. Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun. Hey, this is nice. Okay, what am I snatching and or grabbing? A briefcase. You said you wanted simple for your first job back. It doesn't get simpler. You stab me? Yeah! We'll ruin your life the way you ruin mine. Dude, I don't even know you! There's nothing simple about this job. Something else going on here. Yeah, I'm not the only one on this train looking for this case. Evan, mm. where's the briefcase? Oh, it's not shit. It was just there. We are right on schedule. Everything that's ever happened to you. This is gonna sting, bitch! Oh. Has led you here. Fate. That's a shit deal. Oh, no, thank you. You know what? Do you have uh, anything sparkling? That's the one. Thank you. Domo arigato. You sure you want to talk this out? Not particularly, no. Uh, okay. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I am Russ, he is Steve, and Ladybugs take on a whole new significance in episode 282 today, August 5th, 2022. We are going to be dispensing of the pleasantries and going right into our topic of the day, which is Bullet Train Movie Review. And we will be offering our initial high-level spoiler-free thoughts before going right into the more of the in-depth spoiler version of it. But before we do, make sure that you throw a water bottle at that subscribe button. Maybe bonk the notification bell with a flying coffee pot, perhaps. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week every week. Steve! Yeah. I have a bit of a PSA to kind of kick things off. A bit of a public service announcement. Is that all right with you if I share a little story with you, Steve? Uh, Sure, Russ. No, it's not. Oh. Well. But I think you're going to do it anyway. It was awkward. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, my wife and I actually saw something that was a little disturbing to us. Mm. The uh, the movie itself is quite a 
violent movie, over the top violent, uh, gratuitous in some cases. Um, but what really shocked us more so than the scenes that are supposed to shock you, you know, in the film mm. is as we were getting ready to go, we, tr- we look over at the family next to us and they had brought their little girl with them in the theater. And to give you an idea, like just based off of how tall she was, how old she looked, I mean, she looked like she was the same age as my daughter who is seven years old. So I just want to kind of throw this out there at the beginning that keep your kids home with movies like this because, I mean, the language is about as bad as it can get. The violence is like, I mean, even for someone like, myself who is a grown man like I even felt at times a little queasy at what I saw there is no absolutely no reason that or justification you can give me that makes it appropriate for like a six-year-old or a seven-year-old to be in the theater watching this type of film just want to get that out of the way because we were just like whoa Whoa! It kind of makes you want to look at people and like you don't want to like judge them, but you kind of want to question what kind of parent they are at the same time. Like you know, it's not really your business and it's not your kid, so right. like you know, whatever. But like you want to look at them and think, did your daughter like it? Did this kind of coincide with the Care Bears a little bit? You know, <laughs> does she understand everyone's motives and why they were slicing and dicing and shooting each other? Indeed, and killing them. Uh, is this going to be for show and tell in the, uh, third grade, second grade, kindergarten, whatever it might be. Oh, it, it, she looked like she was probably either in first or second grade. I don't even think she was in the third grade. So I would just, I'd, be, I'd just be curious what they would say. You know, honestly, the drive home, you know, not, not to digress too far off this, but like, um, we were just discussing over like, you know, it was kind of a window into like, you know, like if, if my kid comes home from school and says that so-and-so is like introducing her to like cuss words or like they have um, these very disturbing drawings that they tend to make during the arts and crafts portion of school, you kind of all of a sudden understand Mm. where some of that may come from. Mm. I'm just throwing that out there. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird because when I, if I was younger, I would see it. I would still have someone reaction like, Whoa, that, I mean, that, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. But then as a parent, you look at it and you're like, okay, really? Like, I understand if like parents are desperate to get out and like want to see the latest movie or whatever. Couldn't find a sitter. Yeah. Oh, well. The, the <laughs> psychological and emotional well-being of your child, I think, kind of takes priority. But hey, you know what? That's, that's just one man's opinion. What can I say? Having said that, though, Steve, can you please give us your high-level spoiler-free thoughts of what you thought of Bullet Train? Well, I had as bad of a good time as I thought I would. You watch the trailer, and the trailer lo- looks cool. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing really beyond that feeling that you have. So the what what you get, what you saw is pretty much what you get. Mm. I mean, um, it looks like a good fun time. It was a fun time. Looks like some of the jokes were going to hit home. The jokes were funny. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some action. You got some uh, wittiness. 
And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I went into it thinking I expected to be this and I got what I expected. Well, that's uh, very textbook of you, Steve. Very, uh, very academic indeed. Mm. You know, I uh, I thought it was a fun movie. I definitely think that if you are a fan of like certain films such as Kill Bill or even Snatch, a Guy Ritchie film, that there are certain aspects to this film that I think that you're going to really enjoy. I did think that there were certain moments where like, I mean, the violence itself was pretty like intense or, or just over the top in terms of the, the gratuitous visceral nature of sorts. So, you know, it just kind of depends on what your flavor is exactly what you like or whatnot. But I just thought I would throw that out there overall though. I did think it was a fun movie. I did think it was entertaining. I thought Brad Pitt did a nice job. I thought everybody who was a uh, part of the cast did a, a really nice job. And, uh, and actually, the, the comedic parts, I would say, hit for the most part. So, you know, good on them for doing that. But um, did you have anything else to add with that, Steve? I think, that you you know, once you, when you see the, the, the trailer, there is a bunch of parts that, um, I mean, it doesn't show, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of the of sequences. I, I didn't know really what to expect with the other cast. Sure. Right? I guess that's kind of a given, but sometimes the trailer really, like shows you too much, basically. Yeah. And so I was pleasantly surprised uh, when seeing the other cast of, um, you know, how much more involved they were in the movie, not just small bit parts, but, you know, much bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some people just definitely took, I, I think, like just the bigger portion of the movie almost excellent steve excellent well if you don't mind why don't you step into the bullet train elevator with me steve this is going really fast yet i feel like i'm not moving hmm you know steve if you had an assassin call name. I wonder what name that would be. Kiwi. Kiwi? Yeah. That's that's my name in Hawaiian. Is it now? Yeah. Mine would be Knickers. I figured as much. And I would make you call that to me all the time. Knickers, don't do it. (laughs) You've gone too far, Knickers. (laughs) You're sliding down the wrong way, Knickers. Knickers, have you soiled yourself? We have reached the spoiler floor. Or in this case, the spoiler train stop, as it were. So if you haven't seen this particular film, we do want to warn you that there are spoilers ahead. And having said that, I do want to continue talking about what you started with, which is the cast. Yes. Because we've seen a number of relatively new faces in this film that like I Uh haven't seen. Now, I did want to ask you, because I have not had a chance to check. Ask me, Russ. The... The assassin that goes by the name uh, Tangerine. Uh Uh-huh. He, 
I'm taking a I'm, I, I'm, a shot in the dark. How about that? A shot on the train. There, exactly. Is he the main guy from the movie Kick-Ass? Yeah, Ross. I saw that movie like once. Kick-Ass? Yes. I mean, it makes me curious because <sighs> I was looking at him and I was like, man, there's something about this. This guy looks familiar, but I can't exactly place him because he just... Mm. He looks a bit older. He's got the mustache thing going on and stuff. And I was like, he made one facial expression Mm -hmm. that really caused me to to like do a double take and be like, what are the chances that it's that same dude who played Kick-Ass from the movie Kick-Ass? Well, that's the Kick-Ass, but... That's the guy, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Quite the Johnson on that Johnson. <laughs> and, uh, Spectacles didn't fail me. I, uh, courtesy of MDib. MDib, indeed. Well, that just, I don't know, gives me a little more pep in my step. I was like, man, that guy looks so familiar. He's, but, got, some, uh, he's got some big forearms. Well, you know, what's interesting is that when we saw, or I mean, I've, I own the movie Kick-Ass. So, so like I've seen <laughs> so the movie. Kick-Ass, Russ. Exactly. I've seen um, the movie several times. And so watching him, you know, it's interesting because the movie came out several years ago. He was clearly younger back then than he is now. And so like enough time has passed where like, I mean, the, he's like a full on grown man now. I mean, he's, he looks like he's probably in his thirties, I would say. But like on top of that. He was really rocking the British accent. He was. I mean, that that's one of the things I thought was like super impressive was I was thinking, you know, if this is the same actor who I'm thinking it is, he, ha- I mean, he had to have gotten some kind of vocals coach or something, you know, and <laughs> British even, counseling. I mean, even then, I mean, it was still like really impressive to like, just, I mean, I bought into it. I totally, as he spoke, I was just like, I mean, he, for like the first half of the movie, I really thought that this was like some British actor or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like it came that part where like he gave that one look, which is very much a trademark look from his previous film. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, what are the odds of this? Anyway, it's not as though he is a a very well-known actor. And a lot of the other actors that we saw in this, I mean, I didn't recognize at all. I didn't recognize his brother Lemon. I didn't recognize... Hornet. I didn't recognize Wolf. You know, like there were all these different assassins that we got to be introduced to, but like I've never seen them in a movie before. You recognize the dad though, Rose. I definitely, Uh definitely. I reckon, actually, I recognize both the dad and the granddad. Hmm. I recognize the Russian dad and I recognized the Japanese. Oh, yeah, the Russian dad. Yeah, that's uh, that. He was the white death. Yes. Yeah. You realize that he was the same actor who played General Zod in Man of Steel, Steve. Yeah. I like that actor. Yeah, I didn't think he fit in this one, though, bro. I will go so far as to say I was hoping that it was going to be... I, I apologize. I don't remember his name. But he was the Russian from the movie Snatch. Right. You know, like, I, I really was kind of hoping that he would be white death and, like, you'd see him. Because he's he's just he, that, fantastic. That would have been too obvious. We would have heard his name. Oh, like, I, w- I mean, you heard his name on the phone. You'd be like, oh, yes, at the next stop. And be like, <laughs> I know that guy. He has a very recognizable voice, which, again, is awesome. Like, like he really has 
like done a good, I don't know. It's not even necessarily like him per se doing this on purpose, but it's just him and it's, it just works. It's just, it's just great. And we don't see him all that often in films. And so I was thinking, you know, yeah, it would be kind of typecasting and kind of in a way because he tends to play those kind of roles. I'm not complaining. <laughs> so, but no, I thought, I thought it was cool to find out who it was. And again, the other players you were talking when you said the the father were you referring to the Japanese dad? Yeah, I actually did not recognize who that was. So it sounds like you recognize who or, that or is? not not the not the not the Japanese dad who was it was basically the grandfather. Oh, okay. the Japanese grandfather. Yeah, no, I totally recognize the grandfather. I mean, he, he was from the Last Samurai. He's a and snatch. He. Snatch. Snatch. Uh, no, he wasn't. Okay, hold it. I <laughs> said snatch, brain, mouth, not working. What I meant was cyberpunk. <laughs> cyberpunk? Bridge that way. Yes, he's in cyberpunk. Which character is he in cyberpunk? He's the guy who basically rescues you when you get tossed out into the junkyard. You serious, Russ? I I know the character you're talking about, but you're telling me that he's the actor. Yeah, like verbatim is. Yeah. Are you sure? I'll look it up, Russ, to be sure. Why would they have someone who looks exactly like him in the game? You're like, but you're not going to voice him. They're going to be someone else's voice. Well, I don't recall the character looking mm. like him. Okay, Russ. He he's. <laughs> This is going to be funny because like <laughs> if, if that was indeed him, I'm going to be like, whoa, I don't have a, a recollection of him looking that way. I mean, like there's yes, there is a character in cyberpunk who is Japanese, who does help you, who rescues you out and that sort of thing. But I think it was a fictional character. Like, I don't think they based his like the likeness off of that actor. That would be really strange if they didn't. I mean, the guy looks exactly like him. I mean, I pinpointed him like, oh, he's in the game too? That's awesome. Yeah. I, again, I'm not going to completely do a hard disagree because stranger things have happened in the past. Yes. But I'm 99% sure that that was not the same guy. Maybe I'd be wrong, but he looks, ex I mean, I'd, <laughs> he looks exactly like him. Like to the T. I mean, fa I mean, facial hair and everything. Uh huh. I'll look it up. I won't take the whole time. Okay. Let us know Such what you find idea. out, would you? Yeah. Now, he was in The mm -hmm. Avengers. He had a small part where Jeremy Renner was uh, doing his whole, like, you know, attacking of people in Japan, and, and he was one of the people that he killed. I do recall that little, little part. It was in Mortal Kombat. Yes, indeed. And it's always a treat to see him. I, I always enjoy watching his yes. performances. So, But I got to say, Last Samurai, hands down, my absolute favorite I've seen of his acting so far. Oh. Anyway, so you had like, like this nice kind of new roster of actors that were kind of mingled and mixed in with more of like these season actors. So you had like, like the... Um, the white was it white death is what his name was. Yeah. Russ clearly we know we recognize him. Brad Pitt was in it. Mm -hmm. 
Sandra Bullock was in it. My um, wife recognized uh, the the girl. Really? She was like in The Conjuring or something. I have not seen The Conjuring. Oh, you haven't? I have not, no. Right up your alley. <laughs> I didn't recognize. I mean, I, I guess I... Her face I've seen somewhere before. Like on a, maybe a poster or something. I haven't really seen anything. Is your like wife that. in all that creepy film yeah. stuff? Yeah. This is bizarre. Yeah. Did she, uh, did she make you no. watch it with her, Steve? No. Really? No. Doesn't subject you to no. said... Con- she doesn't conjure you up to watch the conjuring? No. Well, that's mm. thoughtful of her, Steve. You know what? That makes sense why no, really. she enjoys watching you play the Resident Evil games. Uh-huh. It's starting to make sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you have any comments about the actress who played the kind of the, well, basically the daughter of the, the, the <laughs> Russian <laughs> slash... The uh, white death. Yeah. Let's just call him white. Let's call him <laughs> whitey. <laughs> Uh, I think she was good for the part that they were trying to write for her because, uh, she was supposed to play like that innocent role. Like you can't tell who she is, what her motives are. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure who else would kind of get that role. Honestly. Um, I mean, you look at her and you're like, are you 12? Why do you want to train by yourself? Where's your parents? Mm -hmm. You know, and and then that's how everybody actually was responding to her once they would walk past her chair or look her in the eye like no you're not anybody until lemon <laughs> looked at her that was like i'm serious like that was like probably my favorite scene when when uh the girl and the the japanese dad who was going to kill her are together and they're like walking to the back of the train and lemon sees them both and you know he he's the kind of guy he's the guy who like who can pin, pinpoint people who they are because of the Thomas the Train cart or a show yes right and so he's like you know he's a, you're a diesel that's what you are you know and he was pinpoint I I loved that whole entire scene from like start to finish that's probably my favorite part of the movie yes yeah no he he really brought um a kind of a fresh uniqueness to the entire situation. His name is Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the dynamics of the relationship between the two. So, you know, I guess like before I, I dive too much into this, one of the film's strengths that I found, I'm sure you agree with, is the fact that it did a really nice job of kind of keeping the audience guessing, mm-hmm. like what's going to happen next? Who who are we going to be introduced to next? And they just, they, they dole this stuff out to us which keeps us engaged, right? It keeps us sure. entertained. So when it comes to the brothers, for example, we don't know at first that they are siblings <laughs> or the twins or yeah. Like, like <laughs> we, like I, when I was watching it, I figured it, they were going to be like associates, business associates, their colleagues who are, you know, independent contract assassins or killers or whatever. But then that's one of the, the many kind of moments where, we be, we start to realize, hey, these two have a history. They actually care about each other. Oh, they're brothers and like, you know, so on and so forth. So I, yeah, I, I too really love that. And in particular, like what you pointed out, I really loved how they kept referencing that Thomas the Train analogy where, you, where you're like, he, he would like use the different characters from that show 
and then apply it to different types of people who he came across within the, the bullet train itself. So yeah, totally, totally agree with that. And I didn't catch it uh, until he did it. Well, I guess they didn't really make it obvious, but um, when he was trying not to fall asleep and he was like, oh, trying to get up and like, just like touch her once, which was totally non threatening because he's passing out. Yeah. But he was able like to just stick the sticker on her. Uh, I didn't even catch that. I didn't catch it either, but I don't, I mean, they weren't making it obvious. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they wanted, um, you know, what's a tangerine to be able to pick that off her sweater and be like, Oh, I know who, what, you know, who yeah. you are, what happened. Yeah. So, um, but anyhow, very clever, very clever indeed. Now, when I mentioned earlier, how there are certain nods that made me think of the movie snatch, hmm. they were actually a large part of that partly because they had the British accents, but also furthermore, the banter that they had back and forth, I felt was very reminiscent of some of the banter that we enjoyed from the movie snatch. We're like, you know, like you have the, um, the three con men like in the car and, and they're just going on, you know, they have the dog in the car and they have all of that, you know, you know, <laughs> you can land a jumbo jet in that, you know, it's like, I'm telling you it's too tight. Like, like, <laughs> It's just, it's dialogue that really doesn't move the plot forward at all, but it's character development. And, and I mean, right. I think we're both fans of- We are, Russ. That kind of memorable character development, Steve. But I'm thankful it wasn't like really diehard Guy Ritchie. I mean, it had some Guy Ritchie stuff, like, you know, you know when introducing a character, it'd be like, oh, here's, you know, Ladybug. And it's yeah. all like kind of neon, it has the name there. And, and that's how it introduced all the characters. Um, but like Guy Ritchie, uh, you know, if I'm thinking of Snatch, um, there's a lot of different camera angles that are used. Like, so if I go, what happened over there? And then the whole camera goes, whoosh, uh-huh. and then, you know, snaps right back to somebody else. And then it would snap back to the person with a bunch of different camera effects. And that didn't happen. And I'm glad for that. I mean, if I want to see that, I want to see it in the Guy Ritchie film, but I don't want to see it, you know, necessarily anywhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. And and honestly, I, I think that I too am glad that like, I think it's fine to like have those nods or like echoes sure. of yeah. something that like I already love. Uh, but they were, I felt like they were able to make it their own, which is super cool too. Hmm. Anyway. So Joey King is the, the actress who played Prince basically was like her, her name. Right. You know, she made that, that one comment about how like clearly, you know, my parents wanted a boy or a son. Um, I thought that she did a really nice job. Again, I've never seen her in anything, but I really enjoyed um, just her portrayal. Like she's just kind of like that British schoolgirl type. I really loved how she all of a sudden just seamlessly went into speaking Russian, like going back and forth, like toward the end. I always appreciate when actors can really pull it off. Cause like I saw it and it was like, Whoa, she, in my mind, I have this, this like archetype of her, like, Oh, she, she's an English girl. Right. And then watching her all of a sudden just like morph into this other thing. I was like, Whoa, now she's, she's told, she could totally be a Russian girl. Like, I don't know. I, I really found myself buying into that. Okay. What about you, Sam? I mean, I don't know about buying into it, but I mean, I think she, she was a multifaceted character. You know, she could yeah. just kind of Bring on the different personality types. Would you rent into it, Steve? Rent into it? Mm. Maybe lease into it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What were you going to say, Steve? 
That was it, Russ. Oh, I I thought you were going to share something. I heard a breath. No, I, it sounded like a I have to breathe. Filled breath. I have to breathe, Russ. I understand, Steve. Hmm. I understand. What did you think of the pacing of the film overall? I I thought it was absolutely fine. Um, I mean, they're going to introduce characters, and there's a lot of characters to introduce, and so you're going to have some slow parts to it. And I think that's actually acceptable. Uh, I think if, if uh, you know, they get too fast, then we're not going to know the characters as well as we'd like to. And then we're not gonna really going to care what happens to anybody because we don't know them. Um, so I think if they took, you know, away some of that character development and added some action, you know, okay, yeah, maybe it would have felt more exciting, but then we wouldn't care as much, right? Yeah. So there's that kind of a constant balance between... Do we show something cool and then have you not care what happens or do you have you care more and then, you know, that that action coolness factor be less? Right. Uh, and so I could see how some people may watch it and think, you know, I'm in this for the action. I'm in it for the excitement and I want it to move faster. I, I could I could see that. But uh, for me personally, I liked the pacing of the movie. Yeah. I I didn't walk out of there thinking like, man, you know, the, the second act uh, took forever to get up and go. You know, I, I didn't need the second act needs to get on the bullet train and just, you know, high powered out, you know, nothing like that. I yeah. didn't feel it. No, 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 no. I, and I wasn't um, insinuating that, that you may have felt that way at all. I think um, the pacing itself, actually, it kept things going and kept things fun. I never was looking at my watch thinking, is this thing going to be over soon or whatever? And, and again, like I felt like it did a really nice job of being able to take time to introduce new types of assassins that are all on this right. bullet train. I actually wish that they had more just because I just love this kind of Pandora's box, right? Where like, if you go from train car to train car, you never know who's going to be in there, what their motives are going to be, how deadly they're going to be. What is their weapon of choice? You know, that sort of thing. Because I just, I just loved how we did get that to a certain extent where like every time Brad Pitt, AKA ladybug, found himself in like an, another train car it was like you know like say for instance the like the funniest thing was like when he, when he, he saw that that giant anime uh costume that that person was wearing and how like it was like that funny kind of thing where like they were holding on to the briefcase and he ends up decking <laughs> the character but then later on you come to find out of course he did you know the, the character was trying to hold on to the briefcase because that was hornet and then even with hornet like that was another interesting situation where um you know we saw the the asian stewardess dressed up you know she had the blonde hair and everything else honestly i thought that she too was going to be an assassin but she ended up not being so that was cool because it was kind of like well okay based on who we're looking at i mean are they or are they not? Like, what, what, what do we have going on? I don't think, yeah. They showed that that mm. Asian um, stewardess several times to the point where I was thinking, okay, this is not going to necessarily be um, just someone who's like more of an extra or, you know, background action or whatever. Like, it was kind of getting to the point where I'm like, like, basically, when Ladybug was fighting Tangerine in that one room with, like, all of the beverages and stuff, and mm -hmm. she came in, mm -hmm. I thought it was totally going to be, like, like a three-person brawl. Like, she was all of a sudden going to, like, whip out, like, a, a rocket launcher or something. <laughs> or a grenade launcher. Who knows? But it just, it was, like, that was that could have easily been, like, her little undercover thing, and then she pulls, like, some sort of weapon out from this beverage cart. I don't think that would be a good idea. 
I mean, I see where you're going with it, but um, I mean, keep in mind that it's just a narrow corridor with, you know, train car after train car after train car. And so there's not really a whole lot of places to hide because you're like, okay, you're either in this room or if I keep going in a straight line, I'm going to get to your room. Uh, And I mean, there's just chairs that people are sitting on. There's a galley. There's, you know, of course, like the, the engine room and whatnot. And so, I mean, I mean, if there was like a, uh, I don't know. I, I would think if it was like more of a, of a not a, just a, necessarily a train, but like a spaceship or something where there's other places to hide, I think that'd be cooler because, you, get, you know, it, it would increase the intensity of like, oh, you know, where are they? Where are they? You know, they were right around the corner. They're in another room. They can escape. But like Brad, uh, excuse me, <laughs> good old Fred Brad. Good old Fred um, Brad, yeah. <laughs> Ladybug was like just trying to hide behind like a couple of chairs or like behind a coat or something. Like, you know. Uh, but I think, you know, if I can interject real quick, I do think that part of the charm of this entire setup is that due to the limited space, the assassins are having to hide in plain sight, which is what that we is saw true. over and over and over again. No, and I'm glad mm-hmm. That the the stewardess I was just talking about was not because again it keeps me like kind of off kilter because I'm again I'm just I'm always guessing like whoa, 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 friend or foe friend foe I'm not sure what but I'm I'm loving this I'm having a really fun time and they also if you, if you recall they were having fun with some of the things that you would encounter if you were on a bullet train such as like the quiet car right the quiet room like no talking or whatever. I was laughing through that whole thing. And, and I even saw a part of that in the trailer, but I still thought it was super funny. And that right. one woman who was just as anal as all get out, she really just played that up big time. And it was just, I don't know, like <laughs> Brad Pitt uh, had some pretty funny lines to give to her. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, just to finish my thought though, one other thing is, is that you don't want to introduce like too many characters too, because then you yeah. start like thinking like, okay, you know, who was who again? And even though some people might be able to keep track of, of who all these folks are, some other folks would be like, okay, well, who's John, who's Bill, who's Jason, who's, you know, whoever. Um, I mean, part of that was with snatch and you're going, okay, who was who again? Okay. There is Boris, the bullet dodger. And then there's Boris, the blade. Danny or something. And then there's, you know, there, I mean, there's just a lot of folks that you got to, and they're all very iconic and you remember who they are with their face, but then you're like, what was their name again? You know, I love snatch. Snatch is one of my all time favorite movies. I think it is a wonderful exercise of how to successfully do character development in a Mm. movie, especially considering the sheer number of characters that are in there. Mm. In my, in my view, I mean, that movie was topical. Very cool indeed. Now, when it comes to the the different characters that we do get introduced to, I did enjoy how there was kind of a background to just about each one of these characters. It wasn't like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna introduce this particular character um, just as is in the present, and then they happen to be evil or whatever. But like, you actually get some context. Mm. Like Wolf, for example, was really interesting because we all of a sudden see him attack Ladybug and we're like, who's this? And of course we can just assume that he is uh, just yet another hired assassin or whatever. But then we come to find out he's got some sort of vendetta because of what happened at his wedding, which was absolutely disgusting. I mean, like (laughs) talk about like the over the top gratuitous, like just nasty. 
whole lot of nasty. But at the same time, what's cool about the uh, the delivery of his backstory, again, it, it speaks to the character development because you go from thinking, oh, bad guy, let's take this bad guy out. You f- to be like, you feel bad for the guy. Like you saw like his um, rough upbringing and like how like his parents were just kind of out of the picture at a very early age. And he was just rough on the streets and he found his one true love. And she was the one who was able to kind of like, you know, bring him back to uh, enjoying life again, that sort of thing. Again, very narrow amount of time that they were able to put that all together. And so then all of a sudden you see what's happening. You're like, wow, okay, this, this has a whole different context to it now. And they, they kept doing that over and over again, which was cool. Also how they would tie in the relationships of these assassins, like Hornet, for example, like in a very short amount of time, we, we discover, oh, wow. Like she too was at the wedding of the wolf who was responsible for like killing everybody there. At the same time, Ladybug was there as like a, a cocktail server or something. So it was, again, I, I'm a big fan of stories where you have these seemingly random people brought together, but then over time you realize, oh, wow, like their paths have crossed more, t- more ways than like I initially gave them credit for. Right. You just like the stories within the stories. I do. Yes. Love me some character development. Love me some memorable storytelling as well, Steve. Hmm. Indeed. What was your favorite part of the movie, Rest? <laughs> I said mine. What's yours? <sighs> okay, so your favorite part of the movie was one of my highlights, I got to say. Uh-huh. Um, definitely, you know, the whole Thomas the Train thing. Like, I, I dig that. I, I think that definitely was one of the highlights. I got to say, though, like there are other moments, too, that were super funny, like <laughs> just the, the, the quick movement of like like at, at the end when the train is totally derailed and it's, it's going into that town. And like you see Brad Pitt just flying in slow motion through car after car after car, totally unrealistic, like like he would never survive that. <laughs> and you see that coffee pot just kind of going boom, like again. The movie itself is so violent. Um, I mean, you're seeing people get stabbed. You're seeing people uh, get run through. You're seeing people get shot. And you, you I mean, you see, I mean, you, you you see people's heads get cleaved in half. I mean, like, like there's a number of different situations where you're like, wow. I mean, like Tangerine, the way, you know, again, they, they try to mix in like the humor with the violence and in a lot of different ways, I feel like they were successful, but at the same time, it's like the violence is so just like stomach turning. Like, like when, um, ladybug had to, um, defend himself against Tangerine and he ended up accidentally shooting him in the neck. I mean, you see him holding onto his neck and it's disgusting. I mean, you're just like, dude, like that, that is a pretty brutal way to go. But at the same time, like when I think <laughs> that about sucks, <laughs> when I think about other types of situations throughout the whole movie, they do this thing where it's like, they subject us to this horrific violence, but then they counter it with like a bunch of like humor. So like, for instance, um, one of my favorite parts that I'll kind of go through like some of the, my favorite moments, but like one of my favorite parts, honestly, was that whole montage of the water bottle itself where like it, we watch it go from like the little girl trying to get it out of the vending machine and her like cussing in Japanese 
<laughs> to then like seeing this. I mean, literally like even the water bottle got a journey in the movie, just like all the other characters, the water bottle became a character in the movie. And it was just hilarious to watch this series of events unfold where you're just like, by the end of it, you're like, man, I hope that water bottle makes it. <laughs> water bottle's been through a lot. It has. <laughs> Honestly, um, another great example of this was with, um, you know, when, when, um, when Lemon was drinking the water and, um, you know, obviously Brad Pitt had, or I, I should just say Ladybug. Ladybug, Ladybug. When Ladybug had spiked the water, he and drank it. And at the time he was drinking, I knew he was going to pass out or whatever. What I did find was interesting was when Prince ended up shooting him after he passed out, I thought he was done. I thought he was dead. And I had completely forgotten about how earlier in the movie they had an entire discussion about wearing a bulletproof vest. Do you recall that? Yeah, vaguely, but I totally forgot about it. I, I had to I had to think back because I remember they were talking about his shirt. Uh-huh. And then I think it's what, what, what they said was, because he had blood on his shirt yeah. and he was covering it up with with his with his jacket so he wouldn't, you know, get noticed or no one would question him. And Tangerine was saying, Well, just like take your shirt off. He's like, Oh, just wear a bulletproof vest or something like that with my jacket. How far do you think that's gonna go? You think no one's gonna think that's you know, I'm forgot all the lines that were used, but uh they, they basically got into a debate over because like one of them was saying, I think Tangerine was saying how he didn't wear a bulletproof vest, but Lemon was wearing, like he was into wearing a bulletproof vest, but then Tangerine was talking about like, well, what if it shoots you in the face? And then, that, and then that's when Lemon was kind of like, well, I don't know. I guess I get shot in the face. You know, but anyway, it was neat how a seemingly throwaway piece of dialogue, basically like they were bantering for the sake of just kind of like, uh, oh, you know, establishing the relationship of these two characters actually played a very significant part later on in the film. Pretty fun. Yes, I'm trying, bro. Pretty fun in I thought those two pretty much made the movie. Honestly. They were a lot I, of fun. I liked them better than I liked Ladybug character. I mean, I thought Ladybug was a lot of fun too. You know, he I, was. He, he was. I'm just saying like the, the interaction between Tangerine and Lemon, I thought like stole the show. Mm-hmm. I I was more entertained by watching them together or them separate interacting with the different, you know, um, riders of the train or the other people that were involved in this whole entire thing than I did like watching Brad Pitt Ladybug by himself. You know, I have to commend Brad Pitt though, just because Mr. He, Pitt, he really does have his own good sense of comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Humor is not an easy thing in films. Like, like it's very easy to fail at nah. like delivering a certain type of moment that's supposed to make people laugh out loud. And I really do believe that there were multiple instances of what he was doing that I, I mean, I was laughing. I thought it was funny and I got to hand it to him. It's like, man, like good for you. It kind of reminds me a bit of Chris Hemsworth where Chris also has the ability to really have good comedic timing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you watch him deliver his lines, he can be really funny if he wants to be. And I feel like that's the same thing with Brad Pitt in this instance where, you know, like, for instance, like they're in that um, that same scene where uh, he's fighting with Tangerine in that, that kind of like beverage room. The stewardess comes in 
And they have that moment where like they have to stop fighting and act like everything's fine. And he asks for like a sparkling water and then he doesn't have his money with him. So he makes the other guy pay, which totally works because they're trying to play it down like like as if nothing bad is happening. And so he ends up paying for it in the first place. And then he even makes a comment about how expensive that sparkling water was. And then, you know, Brad Pitt's delivery of like, just like, you know, so you sure you don't want to talk things out? And Tandrew is just like, no, he's like, and then he throws the water bottle, which again, I saw it in the trailer already, but that speaks to how funny that particular scene was because they just, they, they really delivered on that performance. And I, I, just, I mean, I just, I just had fun. I was having fun as a moviegoer. You know what I wish would have happened though? Um, I don't, I, I wish they wouldn't have killed off Tangerine because they're all, all these people are on the train for this exact same reason. Right. And, but some of them are more, are more sinister than others. Like sure. Ladybug, for example, is filling in for somebody. He doesn't have like, <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't have animosity towards anybody. He's like, I'm just like the, okay, I'm, I'm the guy of the assassin pool that was chosen to fill in for the other assassin who was supposed to be here. Uh-huh. And so like, I don't hate anybody. I just want to like, get off this train. Honestly, I actually missed initially that he was filling in for someone for some other assassin. I thought he had just been given his next mission. Right. Uh, and so, and then, so then, so he's just filling in, but then, uh, lemon was telling tangerine like this ain't our guy. Like we don't have to mess with him. Yeah. He ain't our guy. And so, you know, of course, towards the end of the movie, um, it's kind of like the enemy of my enemies, my friend sure. kind of deal. Yeah. And so they had to team up to really, you know, get rid of white death and all his thuggery. And so I thought, okay, yeah, he lived, but you know, uh, oh, and then there's a scene where ladybug had to fill in for, uh, the guy, um, white Death's son basically. And they're like, does he even know what I look like? And they're like, no. Like, okay, I'm going to fill in and just get this done. So they're like already teaming up and doing teamwork. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of thought that if I had a gripe, that would that would be it where I think they could have written it in a way where he didn't have to die. Yeah, I did have a bit of the same type of reaction where it's like it would have been cool if there was like somehow some way uh, uh, an out for the character to be able to, to also survive. But at the same time, did you stay for the credits at all? A little bit. Yeah. Did you see like, kind of like the, the scene that they added? Uh, He survived the bridge fall. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Again, wonderful payoff because again, it brings purpose back to like how that tangerine truck took out the girl in the first place. You're like, what are the odds of that? And, And I did initially, I chalked it up to, Ladybug's constant talking of how he, you know, bad luck goes wherever he goes kind of thing. But then you realize, no, actually lemon survived and in a, uh, a moment of poetic justice ran her over with a truck full of tangerines. I mean, again, it was just very satisfying. You know, that brings up another point though, too, is, uh, I think the movie, uh, like maybe not, not necessarily a, a, a very evident theme, but maybe not, a hidden theme of the movie is your perspective. Sure. Right? Because Ladybug's character is always talking about how much bad luck he has. Mm. He's going through the entire movie going like, man, I have such bad luck. I have such bad luck. I have such bad luck. 
And then you watch and you're like, man, he was lucky there. He was lucky here. You're like, you know, he didn't, he maybe got stabbed a little bit, but it was only like a cut or, uh, you know, he dodged a bullet or he lived this, lived that. He was lucky, immensely lucky throughout the whole movie, you know, and it was just like his perspective was wrong, but yeah. everybody else who maybe be looking at him, us, would say completely otherwise. That's what you call ironic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it was really funny to see the duality of like how he, like he's, to your point, he was always commenting on how no matter where he goes, what happens, bad luck always follows. But at the same time, he also had kind of the best luck. Like when the snake bit him, for instance, I totally forgot once again, like the film was really successful at this approach of like, we're going to introduce certain things to you, but you're hopefully you're not going to like necessarily recall them until they they actually tell you. And so like, you know, Ladybug gets bit by a snake. I'm thinking, oh, wow, what's he going to do? You know, and he turns out being okay. He puts it in the toilet and I'm like, how is he okay? Well, then he sits down and he's like, well, I've already, you know, what's crazy is I've already been like detoxed. I've been vaccinated <laughs> just a little while ago with the same type anti-venom. of- Anti-venom. Yeah, the anti-venom. So it's like, oh, that's right. He did. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, there is this duality of like, it's a bad luck that he got bit by the snake. But he also has this uncharacteristically good luck with kind of the other supporting elements of it. Right. And what's interesting, too, is that Prince, um, you know, she was constantly bragging about how she has good luck, how she's just lucky. And you Which know, she was. She was throughout most of the movie until the very end. Right. So, yeah. No, overall, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about or should we go into concluding thoughts? Let's go into concluding thoughts, Russ. Steve, what exactly is your concluding thought and rating? Well, I am very glad I watched it in the theater. I'm glad I didn't wait for this one to be streaming. I think if you do wait for it to stream, you definitely want to check it out. Um, this is not one that you're going to want to just pass on. I think it's a good time. Yes, it is violent. It is probably not the most violent thing you've ever seen. There's a bunch of other violent stuff out there. That's <laughs> This did have its violent parts. I'll give it that. But it's not going to be the most violent movie you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, Kill Bill. I mean, Russ, just kill, <laughs> kill Bill. Much more violent. Um, anyhow, I love the action. I love the, the pretty much the entire cast except for the White Wolf. I thought he was kind of miscast or I don't know. Someone else could have been there. But, the White um, Wolf? The, or the White Death. White Wolf. Oh, okay. Which are on my mind, apparently. Well, there, there was there was a character named Wolf, so I, was, I wasn't I was sure. Yeah. Wolf, White, Death. Yes. Brings up a lot of other stuff. Indeed. Anyhow, uh, so I did think it was very funny, and I thought it was original. And, um, you know, I, I one thing totally separate is I think this movie was downplayed with the marketing. And so... Every once in a while, you would see a trailer for this movie. You look, oh, I want to uh-huh. see that. But like, we had to remind ourselves of when it was coming out. And so I think the, the movie almost did itself a disservice by not hyping itself too much because like, when we saw it, there was barely anybody in the theater. Yeah. And it's not like it's a bad movie, I, but everyone I've talked to so far goes, oh, that's out? Well, that's really... So, I mean, if you're looking for something fun to do, go out to eat. Go see the movie. Uh, you're gonna have a great time. I recommend it. I would give it. I would say three point five stars. 
3.5 stars. Steve, we are a simpatico in the sense that I too give it 3.5 stars. And yes, I also would encourage folks, you know, if, if you enjoy Kill Bill, if you enjoy Snatch, if you enjoy kind of that raucous, over-the-top, uh, violent, but funny type of, of action movie, you're going to have a good time with this. I thought that the um, the dialogue, the character development, and the overall plot line was just a lot of fun. I don't think that they necessarily reinvented the wheel mm. But having said that, it doesn't mean that this movie is any kind of slouch either. I think that, um, again, having that that quality of keeping the audience guessing is just a fun time. It's fun to be able to just constantly wonder, okay, who's going to pop up next? How are they going to get themselves out of this type of situation? How are they going to be able to resolve certain types of conflict, that sort of thing? But in a way that is very fun, very memorable, so, yeah, I, I do think it's, it is a lot of fun. I think, honestly, um, the one thing that just, just threw me off a bit once again was like seeing that little six or seven-year-old kid that was in the theater. I'm like, what is she doing here? Like, that is just, whoa, kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. But having said that, I think that you would uh, have a grand time watching this movie. So that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you could enjoy exclusive perks and early early access to the show. Not to mention it financially continues to help us do joygasm. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode that drops once a week each week. And while you're at it, you if you want to, if you're feeling saucy, you can do a search for at Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice. We are on all of them, and you can just be a part of the Joygasm family, Joygasm community. Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9:30 p.m. Central Time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we look forward to hanging out with all of you once more next week.